Time for some more eating, drinking, and having fun in Napa Valley. My guest today is Sean Garvey, a great guy, part of the family that has Flores Springs Winery. Uh, he's got his own wine project, Revival Vineyards. And, uh, you know, I think he's the first guest we've had that I have actually babysat. <laughs> yeah, I've got a couple of years on him and uh, way back when it was just enough that uh, his folks trusted me to hang out with him while they were out. Um, anyway, great guy, great musician, great vintner, great grape grower. You're going to love him. Uh, in the meantime, before we get to the show, just want you to know that the fine folks at Judd's Hill Winery in Napa Valley are offering you a little bit of a deal, hopefully to enjoy some wine. Uh, we will give you 10% off any order of our 2009 Pinot Noirs. Now, that can be our estate Pinot Noir or our Central Coast Pinot Noir. Just go on Judd'sHill.com, put in your order, and then put in the code JNVS Sean, S-E-A-N. So J-N-V-S, Judd's Napa Valley Show, then Sean, S-E-A-N. You'll get 10% off any Pinot Noir order from Judd's Hill, and that will be good through the end of May 2013. Now let's get to the show. And all I'm saying is that unless they're fresh, you know, don't get the fudge boats there. Uh, we're on. Sean, we're on. Oh, good. Okay. Uh, yeah. I, I... Hey, this is Judd Finkelstein from over at Judd's Hill. Welcome. Got another fun show for you today, talking about eating, drinking, having some fun in Napa Valley, wine country. And uh, yesterday was kind of a cool day. Uh, in the midst of wine country, it was a great beer drinking day. And um, I don't know a whole lot of beer, whole lot of beer about what. <laughs> I get tongue-tied just thinking about it. Maybe I had a little too much last night. Um, well, those of you who know, I do love to drink, but I hate being drunk. So moderation was the key, and I'm feeling pretty fresh. So let's try that again. So yesterday was a great day to be drinking beer. Uh, started out at Whole Foods Market here in Napa, where every Monday from 5 to 7, they have a beer tasting. Another They have a great beer selection, too. They have a huge beer selection. Yeah. Um, you Are you a big beer drinker? Do you know I, I like it, my beer, yeah. I probably drink more beer at home than I do wine, which is, I guess I shouldn't admit that right now, but... That's okay. We haven't introduced you yet as the vintner that you are, so no one knows at this point. So go ahead. Talk about whatever you want. Oh, to let me about. just spill out all this beer. No, no, I do. I like, I like, I like my beer. And Have you done this at Whole Foods where they have the beer tasting? No, I, I haven't. Heard about it? It, 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 was, it was fun. I've done it a couple times, and I just, you know, I don't ever mean to go. I just happen to be walking through, and Aaron, the beer guy, grabs me because it's the right time. He's like, get in here and try these. You're going to love them. And uh, yesterday I did. I sat down. It's $4 every time, and uh, there were five or six beers to taste. You could hang out there for the whole two hours. I was a bit more of a hurry, so I only spent about five or ten minutes. So this was unplanned. Yeah, it was unplanned. Um, it was great. There's a brewery, Oscar Blues, out of uh, Colorado, craft brewery that puts all their beer in cans, and I, I really enjoyed it. They all had a nice balance to them. Um, talked to the uh, rep there, learned a little bit about the technique of making the different styles of beer. So it was good education. Then after that, I had what I had planned to do that night is over at Kitchen Door in Oxbow. They have once a month these craft beer dinners. They're kind of like wine dinners that restaurants will do. You know, I, I feel bad. I would have joined you because I know you invited me. But we were coming off three St. Patty's Day celebrations, and I just <laughs> I couldn't do any more beer. And I understand you. Well, we'll get to that in the <laughs> interview because you are. I mean, it's not. It's like you were born. Your family was born to celebrate St. Patrick's we, Day. Yeah, yeah. The, the, it's a long month. Okay. Well, well let's get to that. Okay. I, I missed you there last night. Uh, we still had a good time despite your absence. Uh, but over at Kitchen Door, they they really do an amazing job. Any day of the week, it's a great place to go eat. Uh, but then once a month, they do these beer dinners where uh, they pair. Each dish, each course, I mean, expertly, of course, to a different 
beer from a certain brewery. Each month they have a different brewery represented. And uh, Chef uh, Todd Humphreys and his team, you know, Chris and Connor, they come up with some fantastic pairings for each each beer. It's a good time. It's very convivial. Um, and uh, I would, I'd recommend hitting one of those. And I, I learned a ton about beer, listening to the brewer, brewer and the brewery representative um, talking about each beer, how they're made, what food pairings uh, each one might be good with, and then actually getting to try those food pairings was a was a good time. So if you're into that, check out Kitchen Door and the Oxbow. Uh, they're once a month sponsored by Mutineer Magazine and Kitchen Door, and it's always a fun way to drink something else besides wine in Napa Valley. Not that I recommend you do that every day. Stick to wine most of the time, but once in a while, beer's a little fun, maybe a cocktail or two. Should we start the show? Uh, yeah, let's get going. Ready for another heapful of fascinating things to know from witty and intriguing people on Judd's Napa Valley Show. No stale script and no rehearsing, live from a Napa studio. You may be that intriguing person on Judd's Napa Valley Show. On Judd's Napa Valley Show. Judd's Napa, Judd's Napa Valley, Judd's Napa Valley Show. Sean, you were looking at me during that saying, is that you strumming the ukulele? It, it, it wasn't. That's not me. That is uh, Gordon Lustig, our local fabulous uh, musician, composer, arranger, and he uh, recorded that for me, playing the uke and singing. Uh, we've got with us here today Sean Garvey, a lifelong Napa Valley dude who um, I've known pretty much forever. It's been yeah. like 30 years or so. And you are a, a, a grape grower, a vintner, a musician, an all-around cool guy. I'm glad that you could join us here today to talk about what you're up to and uh, what's happening in Napa Valley. <clears throat> Excuse me. So let's get right to let's get right to your wine that you're that you're making right now. Sure. And then we'll get into your history. But I, I want to let's get current right off the bat. Okay. Tell me what's going on. This is revival. Revival. Yeah. So. Um... It's a wine that I'm making with my family. My wife and I came up with this idea. We probably were kicking this around for about 10 years. <clears throat> and it, it really starts with, um, you know, your family, my family coming up here in the 70s. I, I kind of view that time in the Valley as, you know, just uh, these pioneers that um, at the time we all, those of us that were here, um, you know, remember the Valley where it was kind of in its infancy and there weren't as many wine, you know, wineries or winemakers. And people mm-hmm. were up here, I think, for a, you know, a, a real honest reason who wanted to just to enjoy this this lifestyle and see if they could make a go of making wine yeah so that's the idea with revival it's kind of getting back to that soul of of winemaking and we're doing everything so everything's by hand you know we're out in the vineyard we're out we're doing the punch downs in the cellar by hand uh, so it's it's a cool project it's a ton of fun and uh, it's very small right now but when you say we it is very small so who is it so uh my wife Lindsay, myself uh, my parents, so Pat and Julie Garvey, and then my brother Joe Garvey, who lives down in the city. So, the five of us, and you know, now we've got two kids, so um, <laughs> they're they're crawling around underneath the vines too. They any help to you? Uh, I, right now, no, not not much help. Because when I was, I guess, a little older than your your son, but when I was about eight or nine, they used to start sticking me into tanks because I was the only one that could fit in the hatch just to clean them out. So <laughs> that's right. Soon enough, you've got your labor built in. It's pretty hard when you tell stories to people that don't understand the industry or are new to the industry, and, and you 
sounds like you're complaining, you know, and they go, no, God, I'd love to get into a tank and clean it, you know? <laughs> yeah, they say that once, that's and then right. you let them do it, and <laughs> they check it off their list, and yeah. that's that. So with Revival, you say it's small. You're talking about the production. You're right. only making how much wine, um, and, wh- and what are you making? So we're making a Cabernet, and actually the, the vineyard, and you're familiar with it, it's right behind Judd's Hill, um, but we take some, you know, two, sometimes three tons of Cabernet. It's the same four rows each year. Um, so last year we had a little more fruit than the previous year, which was nice. But we make about 150 cases of wine, and it's a single vineyard Cabernet, and it's gorgeous. I mean, it's really fun to make. And it, for me, that's the ideal. You know, you just get to focus in on one thing and just make it as you know best you can. So Well, that's the exciting thing. But if you're making a single vineyard, you know, you've got that to work with, and that's it. Right. And even the name of the vineyard has to do with that idea, doesn't it? It's called the Kairos Vineyard, K-A-I-R-O-S, right. and we at Judd's Hill also make a single vineyard Kairos Cabernet, because right. we love that fruit so much, and yeah. thank you for letting us buy some from you. Yeah. And um, and it's where all the folks who visit Judd's Hill go out to take their picture in the vineyards, thinking it's our vineyard, and I say, you're trespassing! <laughs> Those owners are real mean, they're going to shoot you. <laughs> Look at no, They're really nice folks, I'm sure they don't mind you taking photos with their grapes. But the name Kairos, can you explain that to me? It's from Greek, it has been explained, it's a whole concept that mm-hmm. they sum up in one word. But... Well, you, they talk about Kronos and Kairos, and so, you know, our day-to-day we live on in, in Kronos, so, you know, the, the show started at 9 o'clock, you know. Um, Kairos is really the opposite. It's like the time in between, um, so the the uncharted time. So it's kind of slow. It slows it down. Slows it down, and I think it might have been your your father who was explaining. Maybe it's his interpretation of it and why you call it Kairos Vineyard is that there's a th- there's a time when it all comes together. I guess it's the time in between and the actual um, Chronos time, which is the time of harvest. You know, it doesn't stop for anything. The grapes are just going to keep ripening until they stop ripening and start decaying uh-huh. and there's that perfect time where it all comes together and that is when you would that's probably a better better explanation than mine i'm yeah. not sure i did that explanation. <laughs> no i think justice. we'll go with that one so the grapes come from kairos you're making it all by hand 150 cases uh, cases yeah. made and um are you is it out and about where would it is folks yeah so um find this um in fact i was just at uh, grosinger's yesterday and um, they carry the wine dina deluca um, acne wine. So there's a, a bunch of folks in the valley that, that support us, which has been really fun. Uh, Morimoto actually has it on the list. Oh, wonderful. Um, Cindy Paulson carries um, at a couple of her different restaurants. Cool. So yeah, it's been nice. It's been um, nice local support. Is it available online? It is. So we can also, um, uh, you can buy it online. We've got the whole the whole thing set up with the shopping cart. <laughs> you just click and how modern and what what is the website? So the website is revivalvineyards.com. Revivalvineyards.com. Is your video on there? You it have is. you have one of the greatest wine related videos that I've ever seen. And I, you know, I do a lot of web uh, videos myself. I'm heavily into production and I saw this video and it, it blew me away. There's no dialogue. It's just uh, images of you kind of going about yeah. your day and there's music and it just it creates such a wonderful i think emotional connection to what it's like to live here in napa valley and make wine and be with family sure and you do it all just with images and music there's not a word said if i recall yeah i know that's exactly it and, and no thanks thanks for bringing that up but um Really, my my wife Lindsay was kind of the uh, creative director behind that, and we wanted to, you know, going into it, we didn't have a, a lot of money to 
throw at marketing. And so with the website, we felt was the best way to get the story out. And that's really what it is for us with Revival is it's, it's a story that we're trying to tell. And, and so that video, that's it. That's, you know, that's what we do. And, and it, you know, that's, that's how we, you know, that's our, you know, I'd like to say day to day, but at least our weekend up here and that's kind of our life. And so, um, we were just trying to tell that story. And, um, sometimes, you know, I don't know, I really used to enjoy those old Michael Mann films, you know, and, and with the best scenes are always those ones when the dialogue just drops out, right? And the music's just going. And, sure. and um, so anyway, that, that has a, a, an effect, um, you know, when you, there's just music behind behind images. So. Yeah, it's very powerful and, and somewhat romantic as well, like a romantic notion of what life in Napa Valley can be like. And, yeah. And not just romantic, but a reality for you, it sounds like. I just like compared well. that video to a Michael Mann film. That probably doesn't make any sense at all. But. Well, Michael Mann, probably a little more gun, <laughs> gunplay, you know, Miami Vice and whatnot. But but you're absolutely right. Some of those... Heat, uh, though, heat was actually pretty strong, too. Oh, absolutely. Wow. Yeah. And pretty violent. <laughs> Unlike the video for Revival Vineyards, which has nobody being shot at all, if I... Uh, no, I th- we edited that out. That was, oh, yeah. That's good. And that, is that on revivalvineyards.com? It is, yeah. So it actually just um, comes up and plays. So it's, yeah, it pops up. All right. Something to check out. Uh, I was looking at your website not too long ago uh, when I when you said that you would come on the show just to get some info and whatnot. Even though I've known you a long time, I thought there might be a, <laughs> something, a something tidbit you don't know. in there. Yeah. And something that struck me is that um, the text is is great again paints a great picture of what you guys are doing and you avoided and i give you credit whoever wrote this i don't know if it was you Lindsay, maybe you hired somebody i don't know well do you want to tell me <laughs> who wrote well, who wrote who wrote the stories on I, the website? I, I wrote it it was pretty painstaking but yeah well you're a poet um you avoided i wouldn't say this is a pet peeve of mine but it's something i've noticed and uh, passion how did you know is, are, yeah, are we, that's exactly oh, it. Oh, yeah, it's a pet peeve of mine. God, we were like, you know, it's maybe because we grew up down the street from each other. It could be. So what I'm talking about is the word passion shows up on just about every back label, every press release, every website. To me, the word passion about wine is and like, winemakers. like wearing an ascot <laughs> as you walk through the vineyard. Well, I, I, that's that's that sounds like me, right? No, but I, do, I a, do it just to be affected. It's not because I'm sincere about it. You know, I had this English teacher uh, actually here at St. Helena High, and uh, if you ever use the word beautiful, you know, in your copy, it was just like, no, that's it. I mean, you practically got thrown out of it. Was that Williamson or Ainsley? Williamson. Yeah, Williamson. And, and so I had that it too. So there's those there's those words, you know, and passion in the wine industry is one that gets thrown around. It, it does, and I don't let it bug me too much because I, I want to believe that everybody who uses it in their advertising copy or PR or back label text is sincere. Like, they really are passionate mm-hmm. about wine. Um, you know, these folks are in the business, I'm sure, because they love it and they want to be in it, um, as I am, as you are. But there's got to be some better words, and I really should just whip out a thesaurus someday and find some words and just give them out for free to uh, different marketing departments in the wine business. Because passion, you know, I'm going to start maybe charging a, a nickel to everyone I see. <laughs> you'll, be, you'll be a rich man. The word passion. But I wanted to give you kudos for conveying this heartfelt um, feeling and connection to your winemaking, the grapes, without ever once using the word passion. Congratulations. Thank you. Thank you. So that's not going to be on the uh, Judd's Hill website, huh? I hope not. You know, I don't think so. You know, people are probably going to dial up right now. Do people still <laughs> dial up on modems? They're going to get online, look through with a fine-tooth comb. Ah, there's passion. <laughs> I hope not. If anybody finds it, please let me know, and I'll change it immediately. 
So I, I mentioned that you are a poet. So that was that's probably you were able to find some other words. Um, no, I was. You know, actually, that's uh, growing up. You know, I was my. You know, really enjoyed writing, and I was probably would like to be doing that. If you get an hourly wage being a poet, I'd probably be doing that right now. But well, you write music, you write songs, correct? Right, right. So I, that was kind of the you know entryway into writing music was writing poetry. But um, poetry to me was fun because it was like you know rebel writing. You know, it was like yeah. all of a sudden the rules were gone. At least contemporary poetry. You know, you throw out all the rules. You know, I remember uh, what was that bookstore in downtown that used to be kind of in that downtown St. Helena or no downtown Napa? Napa it's down on that kind of shuttered street now oh yeah um but we're uh, like Buckhorn Grill yes exactly and of course I'm blanking on the name it was a great little yeah. independent bookstore but they had a nice poetry oh, section I remember pulling out you know just blindly pulling the Charles Bukowski book out and opening it up and going holy smokes this is you know this is poetry you know and you know not to you know to say that Bukowski is poet you know and I'll be all poetry, but it was. But it connected to you, so that's yeah. It, went, it was. All that it was like all the rules are out. Here you go, and so that's kind of what got me into writing, and then led into into songwriting. So that's kind of a big part of of what I do as well. So that's the connection. Well, I'd love to. Um, I'd love to talk to you a little bit about that because <laughs> you you certainly grew up here um, in Napa Valley in St. Helena. Your folks are part of the team at Floor Springs. Right. Uh, before we get to the music, now let's bring everyone up to speed with your with your history. So, yeah. As so, a kid, um, so I, similar in a sense to your family. You know, um, my parents came up here in the '70s um, and started Floor Springs Winery with uh, my aunt and uncle. Um, and uh, you know, I think the way we we all stayed sane was you know everyone had a role. My dad ran the vineyards. My uh, uncle and my mom ran the wine side. You know, my mom did the PR and marketing and, and sales. My uncle John um, did the sales, and it was uh, just been an amazing journey for everybody. And it's, you know, created uh, a place for you know family members like myself to to work in it, and um, it's given me a great opportunity to to enjoy this business. I mean, it's really a, you know, I, I moved away. I think like anybody growing up in any area, you want to just get out as fast as you can, and then you realize how good you had it. <laughs> and that's the truth. <laughs> Which you know happened to me as well. But as a kid, were you like a little kid? I know when I was little, we lived up um, St. Helena behind Whitehall Lane Winery, where my you know folks had built that back in the '70s. And I was when I was not at school, I was pretty much completely immersed in that place. Whether it was cleaning tanks, like I mentioned earlier, sure, um, working the tasting room, which who knows how legal that was back then. <laughs> but you know, propping this little kid up on a couple cases of wine so we could see over the counter to. Poor and talk to people sure. about wine. <laughs> um, you were like the ace, you know, ace up their sleeves, right? <laughs> I guess so. A little sales tool, you know, please buy some wine <laughs> so clo- I can go to school. The closer? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, <clears throat> were you doing that type of thing? Were you yeah, that you know, involved? Yeah, we were, you know, uh, more so on the vineyard side, you know, because my, my dad was so involved in the vineyard. So, um, you know, it was a lot of summer days, you know, counting vines and taking cartons off vines and suckering and, um, Swearing and <laughs> <laughs> what is suckering? There are some folks who might be listening that don't understand what that means. That's that's jargon. That's, that's grape grown jargon. Suckering. So suckering. So you've got a vine that you know in the springtime starts to come out. So everything, all the um, you know buds start to come out, and so you want to focus the energy of the vine into specific points. And so anything yes. else is is a sucker, and you you remove that. So okay, yeah, so, so you're suckering. So sucker's not such a bad term here, but no, but you're out there working the vineyard, little kid. 
were you enjoying that? Is that did you that, think was, that was something you wanted to do? You know, that at the time that was well, depending I guess on what age. But as I was getting closer to driving, you know, mm. that was the uh, the car went right in the bank for the uh, for the first car. So yeah. Yeah, that was car money. That okay. was that was hardcore. I knew exactly what I was doing and where I wanted to go. So you weren't training for future vocation in the wine and great no. business. You were just yeah. That was to drive. how can we get down to Berkeley so we can get to Amoebas and Rasputins? You know, <laughs> get some old records. <laughs> Awesome. I think those were my first trips once I got a car, too. Yeah. That's <laughs> um, so what, what What were you tootling around town in? What When you finally made enough money suckering vines, well, you know what would you get yourself? I got lucky. My grandpa had an old, um, what was it, a GMC Jimmy, one of those kind of little, oh, yeah. you know, little four-wheel drive thing. And uh, so he had, he, you know, he had it up at the ranch and didn't drive it very much. And so... He gave me a good deal on it. And I, drove, <laughs> I drove that baby for a while. Grandpa gave you a deal on the Jimmy. Yeah. Nice. <laughs> Hit with all the kids. Were you? How were you in, in your, your uh, class age-wise? You were one of the first to get I, your no, license? No, I was one of the later ones. Oh, yeah, okay. I was so you were playing catch-up. I was playing catch-up. So but I was you had a, a cool car. Pretty cool. Yeah, so, pretty cool. I had some good stickers on there, which you know brought the cool factor up a bit. Right, right. So it took you a while, but once you got it, I'll bet everybody <laughs> wanted to ride with Sean. Which was nice, though. It was a two-door, so... You know, it was a little. If you wanted to ride, you had to, you had to climb into the back, so it wasn't an easy. You know, the four door. Everyone who had a four door, right? You were the driver. You were driving everywhere. Yeah, I'm trying to think. What did I have? I had a Toyota Corolla hatchback. I think it was a two door. Two door. Yeah, you you know, flip the uh, front seat forward sure. so people could get in the back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's probably probably pretty good mileage on that one, huh? It was a great car. Of all the cars I've owned over the years, uh, the car that I drive now is the first time I've ever bought a new car. It's not a fancy car. It's a Toyota too, but. Um, um, oh, the Highlander. The Highlander, yeah, Highlander, yeah. and it's great. But up until then, I've always had you know used, what yeah. it, previously owned, <laughs> used cars, and that 1980 Toyota Corolla hatchback was probably the best of the bunch. Is that right? I got when I was 16 years. How many old, miles did you get on that? Now, how many miles did I drive? No, how many miles did you put on it? Yeah, so I, mean, I have I have no idea. But I uh, we took road trips like you. We love to go down yeah. to Berkeley to collect records. You know, Rasputin's, Amoeba, yeah. San Francisco for a. Uh, Concerts. Can't believe my parents let me do that at that age. They let us go when I got my driver's license. Take a couple buddies who you probably know going to St. Helena High School as well. Um, I won't name them right now because who knows. And uh, they let us go to Los Angeles, do a road trip. Wow! To Los Angeles in high school. Yeah, I think it was during um, spring break or something. Oh God, man! I was gonna. <laughs> I thought I was gonna one up you, but I can't. Well, well, we did have to stay with my grandma. That which which sounds safe, but. You know, my grandma loved to show people a good time. She would, like, get us concert tickets. Yeah. And once I got into college, even my college friends wanted to visit grandma because she was good for, you know, having good beer in the fridge and sure. whatnot. But, yeah, it was a fun, fun time. So what was your one-up? Uh, well, I can't come close to it. But we well, did. Give it my a shot. folks did allow us to. I drove, gosh, I don't know, three or four. I mean, maybe we piled five people into that that old that little Jimmy. Yeah. But uh, went down to see Pink Floyd at Oakland Coliseum. And, uh and I drove everybody back. I was the I was the driver, the wow, steady driver. Man, yeah, that's so, that's pretty heavy duty. Yeah, that was that was pretty big time. Yeah, do you remember any of that? <laughs> I do. I or do. did your passengers remember any of that? I don't know if they did, <laughs> but I, I do remember all of it. So, <laughs> Sean Garvey of Revival Vineyards Grape Grower Vintner musician. We're going to talk a little bit about more of your poetry, your songwriting, your music when we come back after some news. Welcome back to Judd's Napa Valley Show. I'm uh, sitting here with Sean Garvey of Revival 
uh, vineyards, wine. He's a vintner. He's a grape grower. He's a musician. We're going to talk about his music coming up. We just He started asking me again about those beers last night at uh, Whole Foods and Kitchen Door Beer Dinner. And um, you said that you didn't join me because you've had a little bit too much St. Patrick's Day celebrating over the past week, is it? Yeah. Yeah, your family is kind of... Um, you know, famous for celebrating St. Patrick's Day. I know your your dad's part of a group that, uh, like, a men's lunch every year. They have a big lunch that my dad used to go to, and right, I always right. thought that was cool. You know, yeah. Mr. Finkelstein going to the uh, <laughs> going to the St. Patrick's Day no, uh, yeah, lunch. Anybody's welcome. It's uh, yeah, men and women. It's little kids. I mean, it's uh, any, everybody's welcome. Irish and non-Irish, so it's a uh, it's pretty fun. Yeah, he used to say they'd call him O. Finkelstein during the day. <laughs> there was, yeah. Yeah, no, it's a great time. And it started out, you know, I think just, uh, you know, he and a buddy, uh, Tom Faraday, and they, you know, yeah, sure. had a couple of Guinness and they were saying, geez, you know, let's see if we can grow this thing a little bit. So, so what are you up to now? How many, how many folks come to well, Rebel Well, this year was 45 people. So it was, um, I think 45. So it was great. We did it up That's at Florida Springs. That's pretty good for a lunch date, you know, oh, weekday yeah. lunch. Yeah. No, it was, it was a ton of fun. And, you know, people bring guitars and uh, my dad plays his harmonica. My mom threatened to bring her ukulele, and That's in fact, right. you, in fact, you should come and bring your ukulele. Well, maybe, uh, maybe I'll get invited next yeah. year, and I'll, I'll bring my <laughs> ukulele. And you will get an invite for hey, sure. Well, thanks. Your mom's quite the strummer. Well, she, yeah. has, she has Hawaiian roots, though. I mean, that, did yeah. she not grow up playing ukulele? Um, I don't know if she. She may say now that she grew up playing ukulele, but I, I don't think so. You know, her mom uh, was born and raised in Hawaii, right? And um, actually, we were just talking about this. I've Flora, got this for Flora. whom Flora Springs is named. Right. Right. Mm-hmm. And so she always would say that she was Portuguese, and um, you know our ancestors came from the Azores. And I've got this old photo of her grandparents, and I we must have some Polynesian blood somewhere because yeah yeah, yeah the, the native people yeah. Well, you know I think it's in the blood of the Hawaiians anyway to be musical. I do spend you know some time over there as much as possible. Um, I play ukulele, as you know. I've got a group called the Maikai Gents. We play sure. old-time Hawaiian music. So, you know, when we go over there, we're always seeking out music, and it seems like everybody I run into is playing something and is musical and can write music and play guitar, play steel, play bass, whatever it is, play ukulele. So maybe that accounts for your musicality, your talents in the Yeah, I, I, I don't know. I, you know, I, I think um, it maybe comes from both sides. I was talking to my Uncle Paul um, my dad's brother, who actually um, you know manages vineyards as well, and he's a songwriter. And growing up, you know, he always had a guitar around, and so I think you know that kind of got us into playing music. But uh, he said when he was, I guess maybe in kindergarten, his mom decided, my grandmother Jen decided to not send him to school, and so he kind of hung around the house. Right. And, yeah, and he would help out around the house with my grandmother, and she would sing all the time. And she's got this amazing voice. So Paul told me, he said, you know where you get it? You get it from your grandma. So oh, she, yeah. yeah, so it's kind of fun. From both sides. Yeah. Well, let's get into it then. You are, um, I mean, you are a music- musician besides being immersed in the wine business on all sides with grapes and winemaking, but that's been part of your persona for a long time is your songwriting, your performing. Yeah, I, you know, uh, I guess, you know, in high school, I, I, I really wanted to make music, but I was uh, just horrible. In fact, uh, bought my first guitar here at All Star Guitars. Yeah. Not, right not to give them a plug, but... But, uh, yeah, it was kind of a junky guitar, and, you know, it just kind of kept kept at it. I think it's a true example of, you know, if you just keep sticking with it, you're bound to, you know, make something happen out of it. So And you did. You, well, 
what made you, was it the music that made you want to leave Napa? Because you left for a while. You were in New York. Were you other places? Yeah, we moved, um, uh, Lindsay and I moved uh, down to San Francisco for a bit. Um, you know, I went off to school in San Luis Obispo. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I actually put the guitar away for a while when I was in college. Um, you know, everyone had their guitar out and trying to impress the ladies and stuff. And, <laughs> and so I didn't have really chops. So I just said, I don't put this baby away and put it underneath the bed. But then I think it was my fourth year. I'd studied abroad and I came back home. Um, and I was living with a friend in the outskirts of San Luis Obispo, and I bought this little four-track. And, God, I would just stay four up. Four-track recorder. Yeah, a little four-track yeah. recorder. And I would just stay up at night just writing these, you know, lyrics and putting chords together and writing songs. And at the time, I had, you know, or a couple years previously, I guess, I, I had worked at uh, KCPR, which was the radio station down there. And so that kind of exposed me to, a, you know, more songwriters. And, and uh, so that's kind of where it all started. And when I, you know, was done with college... It just kind of stuck with me, and it's something I felt like I had to do, I wanted to do. You know, after work, I just come home and just start writing stuff down and writing songs. So, so what did you do about it? Well, you, you kind of bump around, and, and, you know, I used to go to these open mics, which are just horrific. I mean, they're a lot of fun, <laughs> but they're horrific when a friend tells you to come along or your girlfriend. Lin- you know, that's how I knew Lindsay was a keeper was when, you know, I'd, it'd be like midnight, we'd be going to the Starry Plow in Berkeley, and she would just be hanging in there sitting at the table waiting you know right with me to go up and play my two songs that you know? is sweet yeah <laughs> so <laughs> what brought you to new york was it music well i you know i got really lucky my um i was working for the family for flora springs mm-hmm. uh, working for my uncle john comas and uh, he said look we need some help in a couple of different parts of the country i was doing oh, okay. wine sales and marketing at the time and um he goes you know we need some help either in chicago or, or back east um so what you know do you have any interest and so we'd been li- we'd come back to Napa, and I was ready to to make a jump. And then you know, in the back of my head too, you know, thinking, well, it, you know, I got some great music out in New York. So, so I was able to to you know really kind of combine the two and head out there and work. Um, but you know, for me, you know, I have always admired you because I think you've been able to combine. Um, dare I say? No, I won't say that word. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what you're saying. So go with whatever you're feeling. Just to combine your. Um, you know, music and, and the tiki culture with with uh, with wine. And so for me, going back there, it was kind of the beginning of really trying to find a way to combine what I do with music and what I do with with my with my job and with wine. Because you know, up until that point, it was like two separate lives. You know, it's, it, it was tough. It was right. You know, you do your 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 main job and then you wouldn't you know, on a Friday, people would ask me, what are you doing this weekend? And I'd have a gig on Saturday, but I didn't want to say anything because no, no, I'm focusing entirely on work, you know. Absolutely. And I mean, thank you for saying that I've maybe inspired you a little bit. That's pretty cool. It, that was a tough call for me to make as well. When I came back to work full time in Napa Valley with the family business, because um, I'd been away from it for a while, and I'd already you know, established myself as uh, an ukulele player and doing this old time Hawaiian music and doing uh, tiki events and whatnot and Hawaiian festivals. And it was the same thing. I came back to work in wine and wine is this you know, serious thing and you don't you don't sure. mix those types of you know, frivolities with, with right. the wine. And it, it took some time, you know, the better part of a year. It didn't take me a long, long time, but then I finally figured out, look, I can't be myself, and I don't think it re- will reflect our wine brand well if I'm not being myself. Because I do. I love, I love wine. I want to take it seriously, but I can't ignore this whole other part of sure. my personality. And if they can't blend together... It's not going to work out, and I'm not going to find any audience for either. Right. You know, it's going to be so um, um, segmented. Yeah. I won't be able to focus. So 
Yeah, we no, just it can kind be, of it can brought be really together. Pretty, I mean, it can be kind of tormenting because you mm-hmm. y- you just can't pour everything into to either one. And um, if you're able to combine the two, I think you get closer to that. You know? So you brought your music into the wine. So, yeah, in fact, I've got this really funny story I was doing. Um, Lay it on me. Yeah, here we go. So I was doing... Um, you know, these sales meetings for, for your distributors and stuff. And so I was up in Massachusetts, and we had this distributor up there that was just doing, you know, just terrible. The numbers were absolutely terrible, and I was getting heat, you know. And so I just thought, I just thought, you know, I got to do something to Pull get people's attention. Yeah, so I wrote this song about Flora Springs, you know, and it was oh. Flora Springs is a family thing. and it, I mean, it was really, really hokey, but it had this kind of hook to it. Uh-huh. So I went up, and I was, you know, took the train up to, to Boston and, um, you know, I sat in line waiting for my turn to get in front of the 60 salespeople that could, you know, give a, you know, don't care to see you. And, <laughs> and so I get in front of them and I pull out my guitar and, you know, I just started playing it. And I just, I still remember the lady in the front row, you know, with just the, what the, you know, what is this kid doing? Yeah. And man, after that, you know, everyone's paying attention. Everyone got off their, you know, iPhones and stuff and started listening. And, you know, afterwards, people were kind of clapping, had a, you know, really enjoyed it. And it just happened that the guy that ran the uh, distributorship was a drummer. So ah. after, so when I was done, I was, I was walking out. He goes, hey, Sean, come here. Jesus, I played drums. You know, that was the best thing I've seen. And so, you know, numbers jumped up for a couple of years. And so it was pretty fun. It's a great way to connect to people. Yeah. You know, anybody who has a, a heart and a soul will connect with music somehow. Right. No matter how bad the song is. <laughs> yeah. And I, I have been in front of some of these... Uh, you know, sales folks where, you know, maybe the heart and soul isn't quite there, but uh, kind of like a stone face. But for the most part, it was a great way. And I started whipping out my ukulele at some of these meetings. And, and to be honest, one of the places I got the biggest reception where I figured I'd fall the most flat was at a, at a meeting of sales reps in Honolulu. Oh, is that right? Yeah. Yeah. The team leader said, you know, bring ukulele. You never know. I figured they would just give me this look like, who is this guy coming from the mainland <laughs> playing these old Hawaiian tunes? That's great. They got up, I mean, off their feet, like clapping. Like, oh, you know, man, that's, know, that's great. Know, I'll do it again. You probably have and, legend status now. Yeah, and I think we sold an extra case of wine or something. <laughs> who knows? <laughs> it only goes so far. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, it's yeah, yeah it's so hard well, can to we, be remembered. Can we uh, hear one of your songs? Sure. Yeah. You, want, you want to set it up? Sure, yeah. So this was uh, an album I recorded down in uh, Nashville with a good friend of mine, Joe McMahon, um, at his studio. Um, Nashville is kind of an interesting spot. You know, you've got the, the Nashville countryside, which is, you know, the big-time recording studios. And then um, you've got East Nashville, which is on the other side of the river. And there's some great music, all kinds of stuff, old soul, old you know, just some dirty blues, electric blues. And um, so anyway, we recorded over on the east side of Nashville. And um, so the song's called Young Blood. Um, some some great pedal steel on there. Some great musicians played on this on this track on this whole album. So let's give it a listen. Let's do it. Just a train ride here 
You can walk the street in your mind alone. We're gonna shake and ache all night. We're gonna shake and ache all night. We're gonna shake and ache all night. Stars to rust. It'll be the death of us. It'll be the death of us. The switchblades on paper cut. Keep the hurt in your chin tucked. No more drugstore remedy. Salvation is what my soul needs. We're gonna shake and ache all night. We're gonna shake and ache all night. We're gonna shake and ache all night. All night long. That is my guest, Sean Garvey, vintner, grape grower, and musician. That was fantastic. Thanks. Thanks a lot. Tell me a little bit about that song, this CD. Yeah, so that song's called Young Blood. It kind of gets lost in the in the mix of songs there because it's a bit slower, but um, it's one of my favorite songs on the on the track. And that's you singing. That's you playing guitar. Yeah, and then we've wow. got uh, upright bass, drums. Um, Joe, my my buddy Joe, is playing guitar on there as well. So yeah, it's a. Uh, yeah, the whole experience was really fun. It was about five years ago now. Um, we headed down there and took a, a four or five days and put put the album together. There being Nashville? Yeah. Yeah. Pretty cool. Yeah, it was a fun experience. Is this album uh, available? It is. So um, 
you can uh, swing by our house and, <laughs> and drop 10 bucks in the uh, mailbox. Okay, or? Or you, you can go online. Um, I've got a website. It's seangarvey.net. S-E-A-N-G-A-R-V-E-Y. That's it. Dot yeah. net. Yeah. And uh, we actually, you know, um, have our uh, shows up there, too, so upcoming shows. We actually just played a show at ABC for St. Patrick's Day, so that was the third. Oh, right in downtown Napa. Yeah, it was fun. So Alexis does a um, St. Patrick's dinner every year. So she stuck us in the corner and filled up the room. It was pretty fun. <laughs> Playing your kind of rootsy American yeah. music? Yeah, we played a couple Irish songs. and Cool. I figure they're all Irish songs. I've got a little Irish blood. So. Of course, man, if you're if you're behind it. <laughs> uh, in the, the style of the album, you know, you said that one's a little bit slower, but it's got that nice little twang. There's some steel yeah. guitar. Did I hear some steel yeah. guitar in there? Yeah, yeah. Uh, is the rest of the album similar to that? Are there some up-tempo? Yeah, there's some up-tempo. There's some, um, you know, kind of more of the dirty blues stuff going to... Um, but and and kind of has that songwriter Americana vibe. Yeah, yeah. I've seen you perform live before, and you're great. You kind of become this other persona, not totally different from who you are here, but you kind of affect this. Um, I wouldn't say rock star in the sense of like an egotistical dude, but you have this great presence. You just kind of walk up, grab your guitar, oh, wow. start belting out tunes, the great voice, and nice. be playing. Yeah, I tell so. you, because I always feel like I've got no presence on stage, so that's kind of oh, nice really? to hear. Yeah, ah, not from my point of view. Cool. Uh, so folks want to pick up that CD, SeanGarvey.net. Are there other song samples they can listen to? Or yeah, yeah or just fact, take our word for it. No, but if you go to the <laughs> if you go to the website, there's um, a couple a uh, couple songs that you can listen to. So, and then we I actually have another album worth of of songs that I'm ready to record here at some point. So, All right. Well, we'll yeah. look forward to hearing that. Hey, Sean, do you go nuts for donuts? Um, is there a punchline to that? Yeah. Oh, I'm about ready to go nuts. Are you ready to go nuts for yeah. donuts? Yeah, the pink box just came out. <laughs> All right. So what I need you to do now is pick any number that falls between 0 and 7. Any of those six numbers that falls between 0 and 7. Four. Four. Number four. We're taking the four position. You can see... In my fiendish plan, I have... If it's maple, can I pick another number? I have written numbers on top of this. If it's maple, can you pick another number? Yeah. Uh, pick another number. <laughs> <laughs> they're all maple. No, oh, no. No, no, they're, no, they're not. You don't like maple, huh? Well, I mean, I, if I have a choice, I guess I... All right, pick another. I'll all right, three, 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 three. All right, you, my friend, now have a cinnamon buttermilk horn. Woo! Take that. Oh, my God. Now, here's what we're going to do. What are we doing? You're sitting here in Napa Valley, not stretching the truth. That's what's going on. You have a lovely cinnamon buttermilk horn you, you from, but, <laughs> from, from Buttermilk Bakery. You're going to pour me a glass of Cabernet? No, I'm going to ask you. Take a bite and okay. tell me what, uh, what you would pair with this. Okay. All right, I'm just going to break this open here. Yeah, that's a pretty hefty-looking thing. That's not even really a donut. That's like a big cone of I could do, I dough. Could, I could do curls with this thing. <laughs> yeah. I shot put this baby. <laughs> Go ahead. All right. All right. I'm you, chewing. Mm-hmm. I can hear that. Got the cinnamon sugary goodness. Okay, I'm fried gonna... baked dough. So you got all the sugar you need here. Yeah. Um, you probably don't need anything with malolactic. I'm gonna say. Okay. So I want something that's got some acidity. I'm gonna go with a, a German Riesling. Ah. Dry. Dry. So no residual no sugar. No residual sugar. Dry Riesling. Yeah. High acid. All right, you know what? Nice and cold. I'm going to take that back because oh, we're here in Napa. Too bad. I like We're that. here in Napa. We should probably. Okay. Look, you, this is this is your time. It is the Napa Valley show, and I'm, I'm open to it. I'm going to say uh, Floor Springs ah, Pinot Grigio. There you go. Now getting the plug in. And and also, not just a plug, but I'm sure a fine accompaniment to a <laughs> buttermilk cinnamon cone or whatever that's called. God, I blew that, huh? I should have done the plug first, but that's, that's all right. right. That's okay. You're yeah. fine. Do I have to eat this? 
you don't have to. <laughs> I mean, you, once you put it, you're making crumbs everywhere. This is a nice studio. <laughs> Are you going to pick one out? Put that away. I, I will. I will. I'll get there. But All we've right. got more important things to do right now. And we're going to get to that right now. In fact, it's time, Sean Garvey, to play a little Mad Lib. Is, it, is this Mad Lib time? It is. Uh, you heard last week. You know what's up. I did. I listened. Okay. So, you know how to play Mad Libs. I do. I'm going to ask you for whatever it is, a noun, a this verb. Is, can I tell you a quick story? In? Sure. So uh, We've got a couple minutes. So, when Lindsay, when, we were, when Lindsay was pregnant with her first, with Graham, he was our, you know, first time going up to the hospital. And so, we started packing up. We had our bags packed. Yeah. So, we had books, and we had couple Mad Lib books with some magazines. And, and so we get up there and the nurse was like, you guys going on vacation? <laughs> and yeah, needless to say, we did not crack one of those books. Didn't get through any of the Mad Libs. That was, yeah, we dove right into the hardcore <laughs> baby, baby time. You were, you were busy worrying about plural noun. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Are you ready? I'm ready. Okay, here it goes. Fast and Furious. Okay. Verb past tense. Oh, geez. Um... Danced. Danced. All right. And occupation. Any occupation, as cuckoo as you want to get. Any occupation possible. Zookeeper. Zookeeper. Now we're going to go with a noun. Elvis. Does that be a proper noun? Probably. Elvis is Elvis. You could say Elvis impersonator. I mean, Elvis is the king. You can't can't use him in Velvet Elvis. Okay. Velvet Elvis. I love it. All right. How about a plural noun? Plural noun. Yeah. More than one person, place, or thing. I got you. I got you. Your schoolhouse rock, I got right? You. Nouns, a person, place, or thing. Uh, what's the plur- plural of T Rex? T Rexes? T. Uh, Not the band. Like the actual dinosaurs? Yeah. Okay. We're way into dinosaurs at our house right now. Okay. Tyrannosaurus Rexes? Yeah. Can I spell that? Okay. Another noun? Book. Book. Oh, boy. Another noun? Oh, jeez. Um, Just a couple more. Okay, all right. Get no, through no. these. You can do it. You can do it. Come on. <laughs> noun. Think. Bathroom. Bathroom. Adjective. Harry. Cool. Oops. Wrong place. And one more noun. Nouns trip Whole you Foods. Up. That's another proper noun. Let's, let's, right, let's go right. for just a noun. Um... A regular right. old noun. All right, guitar. An improper guitar. noun. Guitar. Guitar. Wow, that's, that actually might even fit in. All right, Sean, here we go. This was taken straight from your bio on the Floor Springs website. Oh, no. Sean Garvey, this is your life in Mad Libs. <clears throat> here we go. I didn't write this, actually. You didn't do this one? No. Who did this one for you? Uh, we had a PR agency, oh. I think, chime in. Well, you actually, just now, you kind of did just write this. <laughs> so let's... Let's hear what you done did. Ooh, I gotta go. Third generation family member Sean Garvey has danced his whole life at Flora Springs, <laughs> filling a variety of roles. Now as vineyard zookeeper, he feels he has come full circle. Sean recalls, I still remember tagging along behind my dad when I was a Velvet Elvis, helping him with the vineyard chores. For Sean, stepping into the Tyrannosaurus Rexes his father once occupied felt instantly right. I'm not a sit-behind-a-book-for-eight-hours kind of bathroom. I love going out into the vineyards, getting to know the crew, and coming to understand the hairy personality and needs of our vines. Well said, Sean. In regards to Napa Valley, Sean says, 
I've always had an affinity for the land and a connection to the soul of this guitar, <laughs> which actually is very appropriate works, for you as the musicians. That is your life in Mad Libs. Beautiful. Sean, <laughs> do you have any shows coming up as far as uh, musical gigs? I don't. I think we're going to have a couple um, in the next month or so at La Condesa. So they, uh, they just put a stage in there up in St. Helena. And we oh. played there about a month ago, and they want us back. You haven't been in there for a bit. They have great cocktails, great food, yeah. and they have a stage now? They have a stage now, and they're trying to push some music on Fridays and Saturdays. So, And you're yeah. going to be part of that? We'll be a part of it. And if folks want to find out and keep up with all the goings-on of Sean, I imagine maybe web, uh, not web, uh, or website, revivalvineyards.com. Dot com. And then Facebook, Revival Vineyards has a Facebook page. Yeah, we, we do. That's good to know. Maybe yeah. you'll put your gigs up there. You were just well, telling me you're not the best marketer. So no, I'm brutal. I'm absolutely brutal. But I'm improving. So I, I need to embrace this this age. Yeah. Yeah. And I am. I will. Okay. But uh, SeanGarvey.net, you can check that out as well. We put shows up there. Glad to hear it. Yeah. You got to keep on top of it. Or else, I, you know, how do people know? <laughs> what about obvious, you? How, how You've got your uh, your new show, your new um, your new web show, right? Yeah, Wine Booty. And we have uh, three episodes up right now at winebooty.com. And it's called Wine Booty because there's a pirate involved. So it's wine as pirate treasure. So I recommend if you want to watch any of these episodes, we've got uh, Heidi Barrett up there. Oh, great. And um, Chris Hall from Longmeadow Ranch, Marquetta Formo from Handmade by Marquetta. We've got um, a few more episodes uh, actually in post-production right now. We're going to get you on. I'm hoping to get back in production next month. Maybe bring your guitar, play a tune Great. for us. So if folks want to watch that, send them over to winebooty.com, which you can also get to through judshill.com, our winery website. And if you want to see the episodes, I do recommend going to winebooty.com. Don't type winebooty into YouTube because, <laughs> um, I mean, you will find our show, however, you're going to find a lot more in your bargain for, too, with those wine booty search <laughs> words um, so that that's been a lot of fun that's that's a little do-it-yourself uh, video project I've been doing that's great and uh, with a little help I shouldn't say it's totally do-it-yourself we do have a pirate that helps out and a buddy of mine Matt Sloan who's a comedy writer producer in Los Angeles helps me kind of formulate some of the ideas that we do so it's not just sitting down and talking about wine and food uh, with the characters of Napa Valley there's a little bit of edgy are you are you doing well. the video editing? Is that you? No, no, I, I'm I'm not that proficient. Because last time we talked, you were you're inching towards that. Yeah, I learned and then I forgot it all. So I sent it to another buddy of mine, Bob Barr, who I went to TV school with. He was down in Los Angeles and is a professional editor. So it's it's well put together, and I think folks will like it at cool. winebooty.com. And I expect you to be a guest one Love of these to. days really soon. Um, Sean Garvey. Thank you very much for coming here. Judd, thank you so much I for should, having me. I appreciate it to no end, and I'll look forward to more adventures in wine and music with you. Great. Thank you so much. Judd's Napa Valley Show.